Way too many first responders are struggling with their fitness, health, and body goals, but you're not alone in that fight. I'm Ted with Fit Responder and with 11 years experience in law enforcement, as well as being a fitness coach for over 15 years myself. I've created some free resources as well as one-to-one professional fitness coaching for first responders. So I want you to check us out, fitresponder.com, or look us up on Instagram at fit.responder. That's fit period responder. And let's see you there. Chat soon. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. The Poorly Made Police podcast is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast has explicit content and is meant for mature audience. The views expressed on this poorly made podcast reflect the opinions of the guest and host. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Nothing on this poorly made podcast should be construed as legal or marital advice. If something offends you, I kindly invite you to lighten the fuck up. If you want to support this very poorly made podcast, click the link at the end of the description and become a monthly sponsor of the podcast. Or buy yourself some nice poorly made police memes merch. Not only does it look good on you, it's also a favorite of wives, exes, children, nurses, nuns, IA investigators, defense attorneys, and the chief. And of course, take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the orgasmic sound of a Crown Vic. Now joining us from the Golden Shower State, I have the one, the only... The often referenced fish guy. Fish guy, how are you? I'm living the dream one nightmare at a time. How are you doing, Lloyd? I, I'm i living a dream. Despite the, probably the most painful 20 minutes of my life that I just had, I want to thank you for because you're a boomer and you don't know how to operate heavy machinery such as Zoom. So Give me a thank telegraph you. and I'll put you in your place, youngster. Back in my day. Exactly. That was a little easier to do that I'm losing my voice, which is great because I'm doing four podcasts in two and a half days, which is awesome. So if this is fine, but the fish guy here, we've referenced him a few times on a recent podcast. The fish guy sent me the famous fish video, which I would just highly recommend. This is like, um, Lemon party, two girls, one cup. You don't, you don't need to see it. Okay, it's not for me. It wasn't worth the curiosity. I don't know about for you, it. fish guy. That was bad, right? Well, there was no lemon party. There was no two girls, one cup in there. I think you're exaggerating it just a tad. Was it a little strange? Possibly, but hey, like you said, to each their own, right? They weren't hurting anybody. Besides the fucking fish. Besides the fish. You don't know if it lived. There is no way that fish survived that tuna. (laughs) Or the... (laughs) uh, Probably not. Um, The fish couldn't help it was being eaten by a snapper. (laughs) God. I don't know why that disgusted me so much. Ask you this: Did you not 
give consent and permission for said video to be shared. I don't remember, but I don't think I expected it to be that. No, you just sent it, didn't you? Oh, no, 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 no. I got the screenshots. I asked, hey, do you like funny, disturbing, you know, shit? That's not funny or really. I mean, that's beyond disturbing. That's something you'd send to your friend in a training. Watch him open his phone and wait to see his reaction. That is what that video is for. Now, here's what you do. Okay. That's taking it too far. You send the video that starts out normal and then it has that porn screaming. That's that's as far as you go. Um, sending, you know what? Let's let's back up a second because some people may have missed some podcasts when we were talking about the fish video and we kind of we hit it strong. Kinda Could like you describe? Did. Yes. Could you describe to the millions of listeners what that video entailed? And what ah, we're talking oh about. Fucking eats all here as a lawyer. Um, so the video takes place on a mountainous lake. There is a older lady wearing sunglasses, uh, making pleasurable sounds. As the video pans down, it appears that her partner, who is the filmmaker, was inserting what appears to be, no pun intended, a brown trout into her snapper. And there were several jokes made, and the memes from the video are awesome. You can literally Google search, like, fish lady meme, memes, memes, whatever the hell you want to call it. Did you just call it memes? Yes, I did. Oh, my God, you're off. I'm old. I have CRS. Can't remember shit, you know? Anyway. Yeah, so that's the video. And it's, like, up close and personal. And it just... I don't know why I found that to be the worst thing I've ever viewed. Did you watch the whole video? No. You actually no. cut it off? Yeah, I couldn't get through it. Okay. How dare you? No further questions, sir. <laughs> Could do a, uh, a Blue Falcon episode on that. Speaking of Blue Falcon... On that note, <laughs> my old neighbor is probably going, "What the hell is going on?" Um, you should make a blue fish coin. I think the meme. I don't know what this podcast title is going to be, or what number it is, or what month it's coming out in. But the fish lady, we will. I that will be the meme of the podcast. I don't know where we're going with it yet. This should will we? be our own guide here, but. Before fish guy, before we get going, are you having any anything to drink tonight? Uh, I'm going to disappoint you. Uh, I am having yerba mate tea. Okay, I am. Uh, apparently, I'm gay because I oh I felt like I wanted something to drink, and I'm having some Bud Light seltzer. I didn't realize it was Bud Light. Kid <laughs> Rock is going to come to my house and shoot me. I'm very sorry, but I wanted something light, and this is what I've got. And apparently, I'm a transgendered person now. Well, as long as you've never blown a tranny, I think you'll be okay. Well, I've blown a tranny, just not like a tranny tranny. Um, This is taking a turn for the worst. Do you want to get spicy? Oh, I'm all down about the spice. Are we talking spicy spray? Fish spice? What spice? 
Well, we know you're down with fish price, but we need to finish up the fish conversation because uh, you had asked the question, but why we're talking about spicy. I don't know what to, what to make about the Bud Light thing. And at this point, it's probably been a month ago and something new and outrageous has probably happened. Uh, since we recorded this podcast, it's April 10th. But pretty much every company's done like the transgender, the woke, the gay thing. I don't know. I mean, are we overreacting about it? I mean, I've seen the memes. They're pretty funny. But I I guess, I don't know. I just, I think every side overreacts about everything. And it's just old now. It's like the, the George Bush was Hitler. Obama was Hitler. Trump is Hitler. Biden is now Hitler. Everybody's Hitler. It's just kind of old. And I just don't care anymore. Am I off base? I would say no. I think what would solve a lot of the issues people have with it, don't throw it in our face. You know, good example. Thank you. Lady, lady with I'm the, giving you the, applause the, with that. Thank you, sir. Yeah. I didn't hear the applause, but that's cool. That was um, something else clapping. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> So just like the fish lady, she didn't throw it out for everybody. That video was shared. If they didn't throw everything else in, I would say, 90% of the Americans' face, they wouldn't care. Do what you want. Don't let it affect me. Thank you. You know, and speaking of, I don't even know, I don't even know the lady, the dude, whatever, name that had the Bud Light video on TikTok or whatever. I don't know who the fuck that was, but for I don't even know. It's it's hard to make sense of it. I here's my thing. Is that my thing? No, I don't particularly care for it, but I try to practice what I preach and I basically preach. Just leave each other the fuck alone. And but the problem is 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 throwing it in people's faces. But let me let me play devil's advocate a little bit. And I I know I've been guilty of this. Is when we're mad or upset about something we consume it more. And so we kind of throw it in our own face. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I would say that by putting the most outlandish stuff out in the open, it's going to get more clicks. If you're a techie guy, you know, which increases the revenue. Um, My biggest problem with it again, like you've pointed out before, we only see the worst part that they, they show us, but if they didn't really want to like, how would you say change a generation, why would they want to dress very I don't want to I don't want to get you canceled flamboyant and want to read to our kids? Like I grew up in the 80s and I don't remember any gay people wanting to come to school to read to us. When you got older, you're gay or not. Oh no. They weren't trying to indoctrinate, I'm gonna stand on my soapbox. Uh, the kids to try and get them to feel a certain way to go against what their parents may have taught them as in values, morals, etc. Does that make sense? No, it, it definitely does make sense. And, and we're kind of going off the rails of what we're supposed to do on this podcast, but I don't give a fuck. Um, I do definitely agree with what you're saying as far as it seems like it's kind of crazy now, but I still say, and this is just, my mindset <laughs> i i was thinking about this the other day i was talking i was thinking about our, our dear friend johnny stash of the podcast who's 
He's been on, on a couple episodes. He's a swinger. I would bet there's more swingers in the United States than transsexuals or whatever alphabet. Do you think that's safe? I would say so, but as you know, these. But what do we hear about? Right. Okay. But I also think people, they see it and they consume it and it, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a good way, like a good analogy for this, but. You're intrigued? uh, I'm not intrigued, (laughs) but. You should see the Google searches. You don't want to know my Google searches. But I, I think sometimes, and I can't think of a really good analogy, but if you're not looking for it, if you're not looking to be offended, which I think the left does a lot, right? The left looks for things to be offended by. I also think the right does it too. Is that fair? Everybody on the left, not everybody on the right. But again, it's the noisy. Well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's every not everybody on the left either, though. Correct, because I I do have some left leaning associates that have very conservative values, and vice versa. Right winging, right winging. Good lord, learn how to speak. Um, Associates that have left leaning, and. Sadly, we're in a society where we can't just be moderate about everything. You know, there's extreme division. Either lean one way or the total opposite way. There's no middle of the road. Hey, you got a great idea. I got a great idea. Let's meld it together. Let's solve a problem. Fuck no. It's too easy. If it makes sense, they won't do it. Yeah. And I don't know. I I mean, you brought up the uh, right leaning, but it has some liberal. I, I would say I'm that way. I lean very right. I don't give a fuck if you're gay or if you chop off your dick or your boobs. Just don't shove them. I don't care. Like, I don't care about my straight neighbors. I don't care. Like, who you fuck shouldn't be your whole personality. And it's just, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's weird. And I don't know how people don't understand. I don't know how people don't see that's fucking weird either. You know, can we just go about our days and, and do what we're going to do without making, like I think we're we're going past acceptance, right? We're just throwing shit in people's faces. That's not what acceptance and tolerance is. Is like, all right, uh, I don't really. That's not really my thing. But you do you. Leave me alone. That's oh, that fucking acceptance. Programming. It's programming, just like in in a prison when they go to their classes. It's called programming. It's called programming for a reason. Ooh, let's let's segue into law enforcement and then segue back to this. Tell me about programming, because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So I spent eight and a half years between two prisons working at, not uh, a client of. Uh, One was a level four, which also had a psych ward. The other one was a lower level security. In the level four, we had an SNY yard, which counted as sensitive needs. So if you had inmates that wanted to, uh, how would you say, change their sexual appearance and stuff, the taxpayers would foot the thousand dollar um hormone shots and then psychologists would sign off saying that if they weren't they didn't receive like pair of boobs or whatever they need stuff cut off that it was harmful to their psyche. So the taxpayers got to foot that as well. Uh caveat that is when a lot of the guys when they got out or sorry the prisoners um they realized hey I probably didn't want to do that 
and now they're identifying back to their original born gender. What? What in California, in California has 39 recognized genders. You could Google them. I cannot name them all. There's a lot of what the fuck in there. You're like, it makes no sense. But it's not just inmates, so staff can do that as well. You can have one staff member come in one day, uh, call their, their name a female name, and the next day they want to be referred to as a male. And Because I was a supervisor at the prison. If you did not address them appropriately, they wanted to weigh, sorry, the way they wanted to be addressed, then they would file on you. So when you said programming, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking more of like, you go to prison and they, I don't know, what you're supposed to do in a prison, I guess, is try and reintegrate people, rehabilitate people. That's not what you meant by programming? So originally, back back in the day when prison was prison and there were convicts and it was all business, uh, before you got out, before you were eligible for parole, you had to complete programs, whether it's criminal thinking, uh, you know, like, hey, don't think like criminals. Cops aren't always out to get you, et cetera. Hey, this is a checkbook. This is how you balance it. Parenting class. So they try to prepare a person that may not receive those skills younger in their life for when they get released to not be a chip bag. Um, whereas now they give them a tablet. Tablet is their way of babysitting. Um, they get cable, they get movie channels, they get movies before the public does, at least at the prison I worked at. They're guaranteed so many hours per week of yard. And that's even if they're an ad seg. Ad seg is like the jail in the prison when one of them messes up. Uh, they also get phone calls in AdSeg now. Uh, so, yeah, there's really no reforming. I would say out of almost 17 years of doing it, I'd say about maybe 1% actually go in there looking to change themselves. The rest of it, they still get drugs in the mail, drugs through visiting, um, drugs through free staff and staff members, cell phones. So it's, I hate to say it, it's more like a extreme day camp. For adults is what prison has turned into. <laughs> that is uh, that is fucking embarrassing. Very much so. We've we've kind of gone off the rails here. We need to take a step back, and I need to introduce the fish guy properly to uh, the millions of listeners. Before before I do that though. I did send the fish video to one other person because they kept not Ahsoka. Not Ahsoka. I would never do that to Ahsoka. Because they kept begging me and they wanted to see it. And then he was like, (laughs) I can see why you didn't want to send that to me. So it's bad. (laughs) Did you send them the Mims as well? Don't fucking say Mims one more time or I will end this podcast. This is a meme, sir meme did you send all the memes with it as well it's a package deal oh i didn't because you continually send me weird shit and so it was a lot of scrolling but i uh i actually didn't send him the video because i didn't want to download the video onto my phone to send to him so i sent him i showed him where to find it what type of phone are you running you just share it from your messenger I don't know, but it doesn't matter because it's done now. 
Okay. So did he send it on? That's that's the thing. I don't know. Once you only, get it, you have to send, it's like a bad chain letter. If only, only God knows now. Um, <laughs> NIA. Yes. Fish guy, let's talk about you. Fish guy uh, worked in the prisons, like he said, and now he is on the other side of that and does the parole thing. And we'll get to all of that. But before, fish guy, why did you get into law enforcement? So funny story. So uh, the town that I grew up in was really small. My parents decided to get a divorce when I was young and the prison, uh, how would you say the mill nearby shut down. The prison was the next best paid guaranteed stuff. And to take care of my mom, dun dun, there's the prison. Sounds like a bad country song. Pretty much. I don't have a tractor and I didn't have a dog. And your wife did not destroy your car? No, my cousin took my car. Okay, good. So you didn't like get into it really wanting to do it. It was like, oh, that pays good. Fuck it. I'm going to do it. Pretty much. The closest relative I had that was in law enforcement, I was told by my dad, was my great uncle was a flat foot in Minneapolis back in the 30s. I've never been able to confirm or deny it. So I'm just like, I'll, I'll ride with it. How long did you work in the prison for before you went out and and switched careers? Uh, Twelve and a half years. Did you ever have aspirations of being like a patrol cop? Are you pretty happy in this in that type of environment? So uh, I wouldn't mind being a patrol cop like a local deputy and stuff. But sadly, they get paid shit. And I wanted to hopefully be able to retire early and not have any bills and you know have a paid off house. And I'm still on my starter wife, so I don't have to worry about paying alimony. Uh, that's literally the reason why I went with the prison route. They pay very well for a really shitty job and they don't give a shit about your life. So basically, you're following the money is what you're telling me. Yes. You live in the Golden Shower State, which I presume... The jails are really going to probably depend from state to state. We haven't done very many jail podcasts, but you did it for, for a hot minute. Did it change a lot over your 12 years, or was it always kind of adult day camp? So when I started in 06, it was still prison was prison. You know, if you fucked up on the inside, you went to ADSEG. Uh, nothing was personal. It was all business, like even between the inmates. And by the time I left, you had guys suing for broken cookies, um, wrong laundry exchange, all sorts of stupid shit that they felt that they were entitled to. And all they would have to do to get like, it's called a grievance, uh, granted is to get somebody else to sign on onto it, like a psychologist, uh, the state of California also has prison law office, which their main purpose is to help wrong incarcerated individuals. And they will send massive amount of flyers. If you feel you've, you've been wronged, reach out to us. They're lawsuit seeking. And the state's position is it's cheaper to pay off these individuals than to fight the fight and be, prove the individual wrong. 
good example. I got sued for a million dollars. An inmate claimed that I broke his arm. However, he ended up settling for a boombox. So it was easier for the state to settle instead of saying, hey, no, allegations were unfounded, unclaimed. Yeah. So basically what's happening in California prisons is it's like a a parent that doesn't want to deal with the consequences of their kids by like actually punishing them because that's hard and it's kind of awkward. And so they're just like, all right, sorry I yelled. I'm going to take you to McDonald's and we're going to get a happy meal and we're going to make this all up to you. Is that basically what California, the penal system's like? For the prisons, yes. Certain jails, like your really country jails, they don't do that. But your bigger city jails, oh, they pander to the the inmates like crazy. Why haven't you moved, bud? Greener pastures. You're better too, than that. Too old to start over, too young to retire. Has California, in your opinion, really changed since 06? Or has it always kind of been like this? It's just building. I would say it goes in leaps and bounds. So I think in 06 was Jerry Brown. He got removed. Then with Schwarzenegger, he came in under as a, a Republican. He turned out to be a giant Trojan horse. And implemented a lot of unique stuff. That's why California Department of Corrections was the original name. He added California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation to show the world that we are trying to rehabilitate people that you and I, from many arrests, know don't want to be rehabilitated. But it looks great for the voters. So it's Schwarzenegger's fault. I would say that's where it really started. And then it's just gone downhill with Governor Newsom. And it continues to go down. He's beat two recall elections. The DAs, well, not all the DAs, a lot of the DAs out here, uh, they look at it from a a fiscal uh, viewpoint. So that's why you see dismiss in furtherance of justice, a whole bunch of stuff like that on what you would think was open and shut. Hey, this guy had a gun. He had drugs. He was an addict in possession of a gun. Oh, well, you know, dismiss or double super secret probation. Uh, and that applies from your sex offenders all the way to the regular, which I supervise, which is the non-sex offenders. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's a revolving door. Help me understand. And and I know my 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 simple brain doesn't understand things the same way other people understand things, but... I just, if I knew, and this is going to sound pretty bad, but if I knew what I did didn't matter at all, I would just leave. Is the pay that good that guys and gals are still working in the prison and dealing with all of that? I mean, hell, all of law enforcement in California, is it just because they don't, they can't do anything else? They feel like they can't do anything else? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's very rewarding work. It's not. Um, yes, and all the above. There's pretty much unlimited overtime um, in the prisons. And like when you work at a fire camp, which supervises the inmate firefighters, which, by the way, they're trying to get rid of because it's being accused of slavery. 
um, you get paid overtime 24 hours a day. So why, even while the inmates are out on the fire line and Cal Fire is supervising them, you're still getting paid overtime 24 hours a day, and you just have to call an account once per day. Uh, you arrange when they get meals. You make sure that they get their air-conditioned tents set up, and that's it. You transport them to and from the fire line and base camp. Uh, like I said, it pays very well, but fuck your family life, fuck your regular life. And a lot of people going into it, uh, we all have been told, hey, get a criminal justice degree. It'll help you in your career. Bullshit. That degree is worthless. Have a backup plan. Get a trade school degree, welding, electrical, something of use that is baloney proof. I'm saying baloney so you don't get canceled or get the little hash mark on it. Yeah. I appreciate that. No worries. Now, if you're going to be a lawyer, great. Get a criminal justice degree. I'm sure it probably helps you. Nothing that I've ever taken in college in relating to criminal justice has helped at all, especially when the bar keeps getting lowered. And so the stuff you learn about last year doesn't apply this year because they changed the rules. I don't want to spend a ton of time in the jail because we haven't really done a, a proper, if at all, parole episode. But before we move on from the jail, do you have like a really good jail story you want to tell the millions of listeners about? Not to put you on the spot or anything. Uh, take your pick. Um, so I've seen a guy pull his eye out three times, three separate times, and he was able to hold it in his hand and move it around. And you could talk to the guy. He wasn't like out of his mind. And he said he could still see out of it because the optic nerve was still still attached um i've seen a guy get shot on the yard and he wasn't the he was the initial aggressor but the guy he was going to discipline on the yard that's what they call it ended up being bigger and a better fighter and as he was as the trigger was pulled the victim pulled the original original aggressor back it shot him in the brain uh this was in august there was brain matter on the asphalt and seagulls started coming and you know, cleaning up the yard, so to speak. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Who took the shot? Like the tower wait. tower guard for fighting. So if the only time you can shoot is when deadly force is authorized. So if one inmate is getting their ass kicked and not fighting back, mm-hmm. and there's a chance of GBI, then you're authorized to shoot. So the original aggressor was a horrible fighter. His intended victim started choking him out. So, you know, it could have possibly killed him. Mm. That's when our tower gunner took a shot just as the guy leaned back, shot the original aggressor in the head, and, and splattered his brains. Let's see. And, and then who came? Oh, the seagulls and started cleaning up the brain matter. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I've seen guys holding their own intestines from. Either being shot or stabbed. We had one guy that chopped his penis off with a spoon. Um, I saw a guy rip out a Foley calf and split his uh, his penis. Uh, another guy... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another guy tied up, kind of like hog-tied, and strangled in his cell. Um, another, another guy that had owed money to a gang, and this is in a dorm setting... So the gang every night were beating the shit out of him and pour, pouring cleaning products down his throat and hot water on his chest. So he's putting his brain dead. 
<laughs> I'm playing happy music. Keep going. I love it. Uh, shoot. We had another guy that, so there's metal bunk beds. He, he had his hands tied up on one end, his feet tied up in the other. Caselli wrote bitch on his back and was slapping his balls with their shower shoes. <laughs> uh, dead serious. Um, one, one inmate was told by a CO, correctional officer, that if he stuffs so many pin fillers up his penis, he would be in the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, guess what this guy did? He decided to shove him up. Uh, the same guy was also known for making poop figurines, so like little, I can't really call him a doll, but like little characters, and he would set them up, set them up in his cell window, and he wasn't crazy. At least our psychologist said he wasn't. He was just an asshole. Wow, <laughs> amazing! Uh, now, in our some of our prisons where they they package the carton milk for their prisoners. Uh, some of the prisoners may have had intimate relations with a cow, so that's why when you start working out there, you're told never to drink the uh, the milk that comes from PIA, Prison Industry Authority, for stuff like that. We had one guy that was a, they're called porters, that was cleaning women's bathroom and cleaning that little special uh, trash can and making tea out of the products from the trash can. Yeah. There's a lot of ugly people out there. But society doesn't recognize and realize you can't save everybody and some people don't need saved. Okay, so I firmly believe within the last 200 years or so, like the survival of the fittest kind of thing is gone. No, the everybody government survives from everything. Everybody survives. And I'm, I'm not advocating genocide or anything. But everybody survives. And so when people that maybe, and who knows, maybe I was one of the ones that wouldn't have made it 200 years ago. I got IBS. I poop all the time. I don't know. Um, I don't know why that means I would have died. Maybe that was a weird stretch. But you see all this weird shit, and it's, eh, these people probably wouldn't have made it. I, I, w- I would tend to agree with that. But the government nowadays saves everybody from themselves. Why do you think we have warning labels on spray paint? Don't huff. Why? Because somebody did it. Yeah, you know, and this is like an old cliche thing, but at some point we just need to just let things take care of themselves. You know, just, you know what? Go ahead and huff paint. Have that huff coffee. You know, Hook up the battery cables wrong. Well, I don't know. I guess you should have directions for those. Just do all those things. Figure it out. Put the fork in the uh, the outlet. Just sort yourself out. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Let let the cards fall as they may, so to speak. Let nature take its course. Why did you leave the jail? Oh, after. See. 12 interviews trying to promote up higher than a sergeant and keep getting told no and seeing who was getting promoted and realize I wasn't in the car to get promoted. I interviewed twice for parole and done. Thun- hey, you're good enough for us. Is that like a, a lateral transfer over kind of thing? Yep. Within the same agency. Yep. So nothing changed. Just the pay and the amount of stupidity you have to deal with. 
more stupidity or less stupidity? It's a different type. So in the jail, if there were short staff, you would get held. So your eight-hour shift turned into 16. And you kind of forgot what your wife, kids, what your house for looked like for how many doubles that you did. Out here, it's a little bit different. Yes, you're you're pretty much off at a certain time, but then you have law enforcement agencies calling you all times of the night to put what is called a parole hold, which is supposed to keep the person that got arrested in jail for at least five days, but they get out way sooner than that. Not all agents answer their phone, but I try and at least be available to law enforcement. Like, good example, on Easter... I had somebody that was arrested. They were uh, high and they were scaring kids at a uh, Easter egg hunt. And because this is California, even though you're under the influence, um, yeah, it's pretty much a misdemeanor ticket unless you know you're a grave danger to yourself or others. So the way she was, they couldn't arrest her. But by calling me and having me authorize a hold, they were able to arrest her and get her out of the situation away from, you know, the Easter egg hunt. So I, I try and make sure to be available for all the law enforcement agencies in that aspect. Do what I can when I can. That hurts my brain. I don't know how they do it in California. You have somebody, even though it's a misdemeanor, clearly an issue. And because it's a misdemeanor, they can't arrest on it. It's fucking Bingo. insanity. Fucking insanity. It's a beautiful state ran by some really ugly people. Well... I follow um, this Instagram page called Iowa Chill, which is some Iowa memes, basically. And there was one that was basically saying, like, oh, you could buy a house in Waterloo for, I don't know, 200 grand and a house in Compton for, you know, 400. And it's like a shack, you know. And there were some people that said, hey, I'm from Iowa and I moved to California. You guys have it all wrong. California is awesome. You just don't get it. And I kind of to go back to this conversation we had earlier about the kind of information we we consume ourselves with or the rather the information we consume. I was thinking about, okay, well. The news sites I'm more likely to read are probably going to write slanted pieces about California. Maybe California is not so bad. And I don't know where I saw this, but I don't know if it was a, I think my wife, me and my wife are having a conversation about this. There was an article a few years back, or there was a thing a few years back about all these fucking shark bites. So everybody thought the sharks were fucking everywhere, right? Somebody went back and did the research and said, well, no, there was less shark bites this year, but the news was reporting it more. So I'm asking you to speak for all of California here with this big lead up. Do do, do the outsiders have California all wrong? Is it really a great place or is it fucked up? It's a 75-25 mix. Your coastal cities, your big metropolitan areas suck. Once you get out into the countryside, the farmland, the ranches, they're awesome. If that makes sense. 
and well, sadly. I, well, I was going to say, I think a lot of people in the big cities in the coast probably vote a certain way. And yep. the five people that vote in the country vote probably the same way I vote. And so it's it's not even a wash, you know. Nope, we, we get bullied. Um, so even when you have local small agencies that, you know, want to protect their community, they're still bound by the penal code. And then whatever DA wants to file charges, pursue them. If it's not an election year, that whole shit. But for most part, the country, you won't have any issues. Our biggest influx that we deal with is fentanyl and meth, but I'm pretty sure that's everywhere. But once you go into the cities, yeah, it's pretty much all over. The people that say it's beautiful, they're probably in the really nice, really expensive part of the cities, gated communities that have 24-hour security. Yeah. I wanted to touch on something you said earlier about being available for law enforcement. I, I'm sure this differs state to state. This isn't something we've really talked about a whole lot before, but I know at least in Colorado, which is, is where my experiences is, is you would, you would see if somebody was on parole and you could call their PO, but that was a very rare thing. And it was more of like, Hey, just so you know, I just talked to him and, or this happened or whatever. I don't know that we would ever call to try and get somebody on a parole hold. And maybe that's just something my agency didn't do. And that's something you can do in Colorado. But I assume that that's a pretty common thing in California. Yeah. I can only speak for California. You can call a probation officer or a parole officer. Probation obviously is probation hold and say, Hey, we have this guy on this charges. Uh, would you place a hold for us? We call in to Sacramento, our Cal warrants, and they issue a hold. They teletype it to the jail, say, hey, hold this guy, hold this person for, well, they're supposed to hold them for five days. But recently, um, I've had guys released as, as quick as 40 minutes after being ar- arrested. So it just, again, it allows the officer that's dealing with that person that that moment to at least remove them from the situation and hopefully put a stop in whatever action they're doing at that time. That's the way I look at it now since its original inception is not being followed. What was the original inception? What is it supposed to be used for? So you, you'd put a hold on them, you do invest investigation, get the police officer reports, and then you could file a revocation. So back in the old, old days, yeah, I'm old. Um, you could literally write a single piece of paper and send the person that was messing up back to prison three months, six months, nine months, 12 months, no problems. Since California changed and went with non-revocable parole, now if the jail's holding, we can go for a revocation. That is what our computer tells us how many days to revocate them. So the max we can, uh, the computer will recommend is six months. They're automatically entitled to half time because it's California. The judge can reduce that and the jail can reduce that even more. For example, if we have somebody that our computer says, hey, recommend six months. Um, I get that past my supervisor. He gets that past his supervisor. The parolee goes to court. Uh, the judge will say, hey, I agree with it. We've had a guys go to jail on 180 days. They're supposed to stay in there. 
Uh, five days later, time served and kick them out. Is that because of overcrowding or what's going on? Why are they getting kicked out so early? Overcrowding, lack of staff, and dirtbags just can't behave and not get arrested. So you, you get a lot of people being arrested for some really heinous charges, and obviously the jail can't release them. Release them, So they're going to kick out my parolee that's been caught with a magazine with full live rounds, um, knives, and all this other stuff. So they kick them out over somebody that's robbed a bank. You know, it's supposed to be triage, but a lot of times it doesn't work that way. And if it's a, a PR case or possible PR case, they will hold them. But not usually. So my understanding of uh, revocation, and maybe this is other states, somebody does something stupid on parole, they're going to go back and serve the rest of their sentence. Does that not happen in California? Not for CPSRM, which is the non-sex offenders. There are certain offenses that a sex offender can do, which requires a court proceeding for them to get sent back to prison. But generally, no, the revocations now are only for time in a jail. Wow. Yes. So what's the fucking point of them being on parole? It looks good for the voters. Doesn't it look good for the voters, though? Are they tired of being stabbed yet? So, again, California being California, while they're on parole, they have access to free college, um, gift certificates, or not certificates, uh, gift cards to help them reintegrate successfully back into society. (sighs) All sorts of meetings like uh, inpatient, um, how would you call it, like detox, Sober living environment that gets paid for, but the inpatient's a three month a long program to get them off of drugs, tell them how bad drugs are, uh, critical thinking. So it's another form of programming. Um, it's all paid for, and I try and convince my urban campers, hey, at least you're out of the heat, the elements, because like where I work, you can get up to 120 degrees, and yet we already had two feet of snow this year. So it's extreme variance of temperatures. They would rather camp out on side of a hill than not do drugs and have their food paid for, clothes, roof over their head, all sorts of stuff. But that's what looks good for the voters because it shows that California is trying to rehabilitate, etc. You know, here's what people don't understand. is the folks that live like that, it's a choice. Very, like, I'm not going to say it never happens. But your homeless folks aren't just people down on their lap. They're criminals and drug addicts, okay? They like living like that. They choose to live like that. They've burnt so many bridges where people can't stay at home. I know if, if God forbid, something happened where I lost the dungeon, I would have several places to go, Right. I think a lot of people are like that. They have, I'm sure you too, right? There are places you could go. But people, you know, like we talk about all the bad stuff in society, but, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily family that would take care of, you know, loved ones. 
but people burn those bridges and they don't care and they they want to live that way or they choose to live that way or they have mental illness or whatever i personally think a lot of it is a combination of mental illness and drugs or drugs that cause mental illness you can't force someone to go be sober and live in one of those places unless they want to live in one of those places it just doesn't work correct i've cuz i've asked almost all my parolees cuz i try and find that golden phrase that'll you know make something click in their mind I'm like so what made you decide to do it this time and not the last 20 i i was just ready I'm like is there anything i could have said no i just i just wasn't ready then so we we are tasked with trying to change their mind for them to be ready and also even there's no drug test to get your partnership or uh, your food stamps out here uh there's still access to medical care so there really is no incentive to not do drugs and live under a bridge out here in california oregon's already going to where they're trying to pay their criminal transients thousand dollars a month no questions asked California that has been tossed around and I wouldn't doubt if we go that route as well because money solves all problems, right? Clearly. It would solve all my problems. Please donate to the PM. It would solve my problems, but not their problems. Fuck their problems. Let me ask this. All the people that you talk to, you know what? Let's take a step back. Tell me, fish guy, what is a day in a life for a parole officer in California? I can only speak from my ex- experience because, like, I'm considered a rural agent. Um, I supervise four counties. My day goes from one to 500 miles. Uh, so it consists of a lot of freaking driving, a lot of watching males, not females, uh, pee in a cup. And if it's dirty, I write a 10-page piece of paper saying, I'm referring you to a program that you're never going to go to because nothing's going to happen. And then I go on to the next guy or next person, I should say. So it's Groundhog's Day. Very much so. The only satisfaction I get is when one of my guys get arrested for something serious. Um, I can actually tell the DA that's interested in prosecuting, hey, because every parole violation does not show on a, a rap sheet or background, whatever they run. Um, I can tell them how they've done on, par- done on parole, um, all their violations and how they've uh, responded to like a uh, anti-drug treatment and stuff like that. That way, when the, the defense tries to say, well, you know, he never really had any options, you know, he'll, he'll do better this chance by providing the DA with information. No, he was given, 10 different chances to go to uh, drug treatment and he chose not to. Instead, he did this, he did this, he did this. So any violation, at least in California, does not show when like, when the police officers run their rap sheet. It will not show. Only a warrant or a parole hold will show and it only says parole violation. It doesn't say what it was. So if I caught a guy um, stabbing somebody and ar- arrested him, it would show for parole violation on their rap sheet. It wouldn't show for 187 until that charge was direct filed with the DA. So that was another way I believe that California is hidden how their supervised uh, population is really behaving. If you change the rules, then you change the game, right? Interesting you brought that up 
and I don't know if that was like something you actually had seen, but in Colorado, we we would run into this conflict where parole guys would find something and then they call us and want us to clean it up. And we're like, you're cops, right? I'm sure it's different in different states, but if you like are out on a visit or something and something happens in front of you, could you take action on it or do you need to call the local authorities? <laughs> oh boy. So we are supposed to weigh the advantages of arresting somebody based on what we find. Obviously if it's a felony, we're supposed to arrest. Good example. I had found one of my parolees. He had a big old long, like skinny knife skinning. That was nine inches long. They're only supposed to have anything, no more than two inches. I had the guy in cuffs. I had the knife removed. That's what she said. Giggity. Um, Called the supervisor. He said, because I removed the knife, that he's no longer a threat to the public and that there's really no reason to arrest him. I was like, son of a bitch. So I kept the knife. Obviously, we have to give him a property receipt. Hey, I took something you're not supposed to have. Here's your receipt. Took the cuff off. Uh, took the cuffs off. Told him make better decisions. And Groundhog Day proceeded again. Um, we are not allowed to uh, arrest alone, or we try not to. So unless it's something that happens directly in front of you, you need a supervisor's permission to work together per policy. Um, any arrest you do plan to do requires an ops plan. So it, they make it really hard to try and do your job. Um, the best thing I'm able to do is because the police look at me as their friend because they can get gift cards and stuff is I can get information from them, which I can pass on to local law enforcement and help them with their leads and their cases and who the players in the town are. That will eventually be arrested and then taken to day camp and then released. And now they're your problem. Exactly. I had a guy arrested for, um, 273 with uh, uh, spousal, spousal abuse, injury, domestic violence. He was sentenced on paper. It says 13 years. This was a year and a half ago. I just checked again. He's getting out in two years. But on paper, it showed 13 years. But because of all the credits you get while you're in prison, um, your time goes down immensely. Not Not to jump too much with the prison, but... In my humble opinion, when you don't make prison bad, it's not so bad to go to. Like, yeah, kind of inconvenient, but I have TV. I get fed. It's really not that bad. It, um, I mean, is prison still, like, bad? I mean, I guess you talked about the guy getting choked out. But, like, if I went to jail tomorrow, which you recommended I watched a movie called Big Stan. If I went to jail tomorrow, like what if I kept to myself, would I have a good time? A lot of peace and quiet, catch up on some reading, catch up on some podcasts, eat some decent food. At your lower level, lower level prisons, yes. Um, you would get your own tablet. Um, you could get your bachelor's. I've seen that in prison as well. Uh, all that you won't have to pay for. Uh, you could get jobs in the prison. So when you exit, you can make a lot of money. We had one inmate that he used to rap on the, the phones and then sell his records out on the streets. 
Uh, so when he left, he left with, I think it was like $450,000 just from oh, the records shit. he made while he was in prison. Because uh, it's a status symbol amongst some cultures going to a prison. And if you're at certain prisons, your status goes up even higher. Ah, weird. Almost like we have a cultural problem. Allegedly. No, people aren't taught to act right anymore. It's now somebody else's problem. And then those that are uh, business savvy, they'll seize that opportunity, take advantage of whatever they can. But lower level, I'm going to have a good time. Upper levels, more high security, I'm not going to have a good time. Mostly not. Upper levels, they really start stressing on the, the gang part. So uh, if, you re- if, you're, if you're a white guy, I haven't seen your face. Um, if you're a white guy, you're expected to run with whites. If you're running with whites, then they want you to put in work either A, assault another inmate, B, get drugs brought in, C, um, hide drugs or hide a weapon. And if you don't do any of those, if you don't want to run with them, then you're, you have no protection from the other gangs or your own people, as they call it, your, your, uh, your white prison gang. You will literally pretty much have a target on your back and walk in the yard alone. That's when you knew something was going to happen. If there's one person walking out in the yard alone, you knew he fucked up. Okay, that sounds a little complicated and not like a good time. But if, if I get my tablet, though. Oh, yeah. What are my your chances of your being bathroom. raped? Uh, so you're going to love this. So sex in prison is not allowed per the penal code. But we have condom boxes inside the prison. Uh, no means no and yes is not allowed. But we do give inmates condoms. And then when they parole, we give them two bottles of Narcan. Because drugs are bad. We're telling you not to do drugs. But just in case, you know, here, here so you can save yourself or save a friend. You know, not to jump back to tranny discussions. I don't know if I could say it, but tranny discussions. Um, we may have some bigger problems. I feel like, what about this? What about this? What if that's a distraction from the real problems, like giving prisoners free shit? Like, it almost makes sense to get arrested in California to go to college. Because you're not going to have to pay back that loan. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We've had one guy, he walked into a, a bank, held a note that because he'd got released from prison, he needed a surgery, gave the teller a note saying, I'm robbing this place. He literally sat down, waited for the cops to come and arrest him so he could go back to prison and get a surgery. That's a problem. I mean, that's a problem on a lot of levels that we're not going to solve on this podcast, but that is that is a problem. Well, I have an idea to solve the at least California's problems. Let's uh, hear it. Run get rid government. of drugs and get rid of politicians. See how society does then. And fish. No, you got to leave fish, the fish. Too. Fish is a dish. Okay, let's talk about the fish, though. Let's forget what we're talking about here because I need to focus back on the fish. Why? Like, where did you find this video? 
Why are you searching these things up? So I didn't specifically search for it. I'm a member of several Facebook Messenger groups where you find the most outlandish shit to send to freak the next person out. Dun dun, and it appeared. Before I saw the video, I saw all these uh, fish memes, and I never knew what it was. And I wasn't going to search for it for obvious reasons, you know, Big Brother watching. And it appeared in the chat. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I just sent it to everybody that I considered a close friend. I told them not to open it around their family. And the rest is history. I sent it to a poorly made police podcast, and apparently he enjoyed it. I did not. It gave me nightmares. You remember Roadkill Cafe, right? I sent it to you on a Friday. Friday is Fish Friday, right? I don't know. Again, I don't know why that video bugged me so much. But something about that fish in that woman's vagina scarred me more than anything else. Was it the fish or the fact that she wasn't really reacting in a way that you would expect a normal person to react? The moment I saw a fish in the hole, <laughs> that was enough. And it, it killed a little more of me. And there's not much more left, but it killed hey, those, a small part of me. Those people vote. What do you think they'll vote for? For California prison reform. On that note, you know what we should do before we uh, we continue on here. Well, before I was really I hoping we did a podcast. I'm gonna do that. Actually, how'd you know? I didn't know. I was I was just hoping because I really like officers getting recognized because they don't Me get too. it by their community or their department. At least most of them. Unfortunately, just a forewarning. So I'm doing a podcast that's going to make everything out of order and it's probably going to fuck us up. But I had a guy nominate three people. This is the final one. And I think they're going to be out of order, but the, the guy sent in three, I thought all three deserved and I didn't want to just read them in once at once. So before I read it, remember if your buddy's doing good work, nominate them. Poorly made police memes at gmail.com. If they win, I will read it poorly on the podcast, and they will win a very special patch made by my buddies at Ghost Patch. You can also send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook, but I prefer our uh, officer of the podcast is Officer. God, it's a long name. Officer Blankety 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 Blank was one of my first shift mates. I spent three of the five years working with him on a shift. Officer blankety blankety blanket blank. And at what at one point we're the only two officers working in a city of thirty-five thousand citizens. Officer blankety 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 blank was an outstanding mentor at the beginning of my career and helped me teach the value of community policing while enforcing the law. Yeah. Officer blankety 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 blank. And I remain in touch, even though he chooses to step down from being an officer. I did not want the efforts he put in guiding me into the office where I am today to go unnoticed. So officer blankety, 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 blank is the officer of the podcast. Do they deserve a, a T-Rex applause or air horns? I would say T-Rex sounds like he's retired. 
You know what's bullshit? I went a Lots week. Of Lots of things. I went a week without recording a podcast. My voice was awesome that week. When it's time for me to start, I lost my voice. It's not cool. I'm not a fan of it. But we're going to persevere. Although I did waste a lot of my voice giving you instructions how to work Zoom. So part of this is your fault, to be fair. I apologize. I recommend fish oil pills to help your voice. That did not go unnoticed. That was well done. I think you deserve an applause. So let me get your your life on parole. Right. Is you basically go check on these guys, make them pee in a cup. Do they every time you see them, do they pee in a cup? Do you do home visits? Tell me more about that. So for the urban campers, aka criminal transients, uh, they can either come to the office or imagine this. They all have phones, which, by the way, thank you, California. And we call them Obama phones because started under, under Obama. California continues it. They tell me where the camp is, go out to the camp. They pee in the cup. Um, rest of the time, I have to see most of them at least once in their house, obviously checking for contraband weapons, shit like that. Um, let's see. We don't have uh, radios Real quick. that work. Go ahead. Real quick. We'll talk about your shitty radios in a second. You don't need a search warrant or anything to search their domicile. You can just fucking search at will. Correct. So that's one of the benefits of, for at least for law enforcement, for guys being on, sorry, felons being on parole, is that anything they have access to they can be searched day or night by any law enforcement officer, including their phones. And imagine where a lot of uh, drug purchases and sales occur on the phones. So that's a California thing because we could not do that, but their parole officer could. It's been very instrumental in a, a lot of smaller crimes that led to bigger ones. You said bigger ones. Everybody likes a bigger one. I don't know. I've heard that the small ones feel better and they don't hurt. <laughs> But when you go fishing, do you want a little fish or do you want a big fish? I hope my wife wants little fish. <laughs> a minnow versus a shark? Yeah. Um. This is an odd topic, but we're going there. <laughs> because I have a theme. Because we're going to jump back to the jail because this is the poorly made podcast. I presume in your days of working the jail and your days working parole... You've seen a lot of meat. You've seen a lot of dicks, right? Allegedly. Okay. Tell me if this is true. Because I had a theory and I need you to prove it or disprove it. Would you say the prison population as a whole has bigger penises than the regular population? Smaller penises than a regular population or penises all around, big and small. And it's just a sample size of normal population. 
assuming you see penises in the normal population. I was actually going to address that. Uh, haven't really seen a lot of penises in the normal population. I try and avoid that. But for the ones that I did see in the prison, it, a little bit of everything. Some blessed, some not. Some God forgot. <laughs> Hold on. You know what I have to do. You all know what I have to do. Experience the magic and not share that. the joy at Disney's Frozen, the spectacular. <laughs> you went from penises to Disney. For those that God forgot, donate 99 cents a day so they can get free health care in college from California prisons. Okay. Um, so that debunked my theory. Because I had a theory about shit bags and big penises. And You're... as being a cop, I saw some penises, but not enough penises. But it, it's not a thing. You can be a shit bag and have a small penis. Yes. If I if I were to say anything, your skinny meth heads that have fat nowhere else except in their dick, their dick to body ratio would make it appear to be big. But once they got off the meth, if they ever did, then it would their body would catch up to their dick size and so it would be normal again, if that makes sense. That was too much of an explanation. You thought about that way too much. I did a lot of time in prison, which I got another prison story about uh, prison purses, if you want that. Here, I'm here for it. So, in a, a men's prison, I'm sure the women do this, but I would never be caught dead working in a women's prison for obvious reasons. Uh, certain gangs would have their members stretch out their anal cavity to hold no. kites, which is a form of communication, covert, written really small and in code, or shanks or shivs. One of the funniest things was a guy had a shiv up his uh, prison purse, and it turned sideways on him. So he comes into the office. I need to go to the doctor. Well, what's wrong? Well, I stuck something up there, and it turned sideways, it feels like. So, yep. He was able to stick a seven-inch sharpened piece of metal up his rear. They usually try and have a cover on the pointy end and the sharp end, but a lot of times they don't stay together. But now, since we provide them condoms, they have a nice little well-lubed uh, sheath that they can just poke it up there. Amazing. You know, this podcast has made me very depressed. I'm sorry. Is there anything I can do there, Lloyd? Not send me a fish video. Damn it. I had another one, too, for you. About fish? Oh, yeah. All right. I mean, a video or a story? Oh, no, it's a video. No. It involves a carp. No, not a carp. Leave the carp out of this. So when you when you wrote in, or I don't even know. Let's come back here. You had mentioned, or you had sent me a message after one of the podcasts, Gumdrop Forest, about um, 
kind of like your day and your caseload. How many fucking people are in your caseload? So per policy, we're supposed to, for non-sex offenders, you're supposed to have a ratio of 53 to 1. Right now, I'm sitting at over 100. My partners at the office next over are like 130 to 1. And we're supposed to see, you know, these uh, individuals uh, at least once, at the most twice per month. So we have to figure out all that, uh, type their violations, even though they go nowhere, um, do pre-releases. So if a guy's getting out of prison, we're supposed to come up with the best plan to help them successfully reintegrate, which doesn't always work. Uh, do online training telling us that because we're white, we have microaggressions and we're wrong. That was our most recent training, seven hours of that. Um, yeah, during the pandemic, uh, because our state is very unique, we were conducting home visits by a phone. So we would literally call the parolee. Are you doing drugs? Sweet. You said no. Awesome. All right. Keep living the good life. And that would count as a home visit. By the way, that's Nebraska's slogan is the good life. So stop stealing it. I did not know that. See, you're an educational podcast. Sometimes. Mostly talking about fish and vaginas, though. And prison purses. <laughs> Can you talk about the uh, food service, or would that give you away? Food service in the prison? For your parolees. Uh, go for it. Well, I, you sent me a message, and you said that there's like a pilot program of texting. Oh, yeah, service. yeah. So Yeah. Okay, well, you said uh, food ser service, either that or my hearing aids are off. Um, so there was, they finally canceled it. California, again, because they want to make sure that parolees have all the resources necessary to reintegrate. They started a pilot program for a uh, parolee concierge service. So if a parolee literally texts this number, they can either do it by chat, text, phone call, and say, hey, I have peanut butter and jelly and bread. What do I do with it? A person on this other end would instruct them how to make a sandwich. If they wanted to know how to apply for a driver's license, this person would send them instructions. Um, it was literally like a personnel parolee concierge service. Because they're, California, again, their, their line of thinking is that parolees don't know how to access services. So that is just one of the ones we had. We already had one in place where a parolee would go on, put their prisoner number and their uh, their birth date, and on their computer or their phone, poof, all these services are. Somewhere someone thought that uh, parolees were too dumb to figure out, okay, it says driver's license, click on this. So now they made it where a person would explain it to them. Besides us, because we have forms where we can give them low-cost California IDs, no cost for the uh, home disabled, however you want to call it, criminal transients. Yeah, uh, fun stuff. Not to mention just the regular 211 that's available to the general public. Is it hard to track down the uh, criminal bums? Or do they have to say like what bridge they're staying under? The ones that don't want to be found won't be found. We only catch the dumb ones, so to speak. Uh we can't put GPS tracking um, ankles on non-sex offenders, so that makes it more difficult. So what I've done is 
use the internet, i.e. like Family Tree Now, look up their family member and see their last name. Be like, hey, I'm trying to get a hold of this person. I really don't want to write a warrant. Do you know where he is or have them call me? Um, I've found a lot of people that way. And Facebook, I actually have a work Facebook account because all parolees, they don't care because they don't have to buy their phone, lose their phone. They never lose their Facebook. And that's how I'm able to track a lot of is just through Facebook. If you can't find them, is that something you could put a warrant out and actually get them revoked for? Or is it still just they'll go to jail for like two days? Uh, well, it depends on the county, the bigger counties. Uh, so California has a California static risk assessment score, one to five, five being high violence, one being low risk. Uh, the high violence are mainly it's based on their age and like drug crimes and low risk. They'll change their score. So like I've had guys that come out with a five and the computer will lower their score. Uh, I write a warrant. I got to wait for the judge to sign it. Then when it signs it, they get arrested. I'm supposed to be able to see him at the jail, but the jail kicks him out in several of our counties before I can see him. And the cycle starts all over again. Um, I've had guys that have been on parole for the longest one I got is like 18 years just because they don't check in right now in California, the maximum parole for most general crimes that aren't sex offender related is two years. So if that parolee just checks in with his, his uh, parole agent when he's supposed to, no matter how many uh, violations he gets, he'll get off in two years. So it's kind of like whose line is it anyway, where the points don't matter and it's all made up? Pretty much. It's a feel-good system. Well, at least you're getting paid, though. Yes. How do you stay sane? Um, fish videos? I, fish videos, a uh, poorly made police podcast, which I'm a fan of. Um, my local law enforcement agencies in my hometown that I'm close with, um, I get them the get out of jail free card available from Ghostpatch. And that's how I've increased our working together. Because before I came into this spot, the prior agent, there was a big... Uh, division like he would never answer his phone and shit whereas i'm always answering my phone for them i help i help them and i try and keep it light and hearty i.e sharing your podcast sharing uh, coins patches stuff like that other than that yeah you couldn't stay in this job if you didn't have a family or some outside hobbies not fish that actually kind of leads into my next question is the relationship with outside agencies. Do you feel like, like your beat cops treat you with respect as a probation officer? Well, parole agent. Um, I've never had agent. Yeah. Secret agent, man. Get it right. If I can't say men's, you can't say officer. Um, after I explained to them what has happened, what transpired, what we can and can't do, the relationship has got a lot better. A lot of them are used to their FTOs telling them, oh, yeah, if you call their parole agent, they'll send them back to prison. Like, no, we can't do that anymore, sadly. The best I can do is give you the information, get you a hold so you can get an instant arrest, even though it's an infraction or misdemeanor, because I can authorize a hold for either one of those. 
so you can get that person off the street for at least an hour maybe. So I keep an open line of communication with all agencies. I don't know the best way to ask this, and I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but do you do you f- consider yourself law enforcement? Like, do you think I, – I don't – I guess for me, I don't see this, like, division between, like, cops and parole and, and detentions. Like, you kind of need it all, and I don't like the hierarchy thing. What's your thought on it? To each their own. So when I went to the – to the academy we in california have like mod one mod two stands for module and mod three we were trained up to mod one which is just just your very bare basics you know hey this is penal code uh which let me come back to that um all our pro violations our program that we put our stuff in is non-penal code related it is plain speak so um Admission of use of methamphetamine instead of possession of meth. We can't, we don't use the penal code. We use our own code because stuff doesn't translate. So anyways, going back, um, we are allowed to back up any law enforcement agency. It's up to the discretion of the agent. So like when I'm out in the middle of nowhere and I see a cop have somebody pulled over, you know, I have identifiers, external vest, all that stuff says, police, state parole agent, all that stuff, I'll go and back him up because you never know how far away his backup is. I've never had anybody look down and stuff like that. Um, Again, the biggest conversation that we have is, so how come these guys never go back to prison? And that's where I try and educate them due to the wonderful laws in California. This is all that I'm able to do. Um, We do... uh, on Halloween out here, we're supposed to do sex offender compliance checks. I don't know if they did that in Colorado. Uh, I think they did, yeah. Okay, where you can go around with local agencies making sure sex offenders don't have you know, free candies and kittens on their window and Halloween decorations. And then we check to see if they're registered because they're supposed to register every 30 days if they're transient, etc. So we're able to do multi-agency stuff like that. Um, when you start going for like fugitive apprehension, then that is a different part of our parole uh, that goes to find our high risk uh, parolees. I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, I think so. I just I I know some guys within the job look down on detentions, look down on uh, parole is like, well, it's not the same. And, and it's not. But without those pieces of the puzzle, we couldn't do our job, if that makes sense. Correct. So I would say the biggest difference is once you arrest them, drop them off at the jail, you're done till the next arrest. We have to continually see this person, try and change that person's mind. I'm speaking from parole, not from prisons. Change that person's mind, etc. We have to be part of their life. Uh, regular... Officers are part of it for, you know, however long the arrest investigation is. And then once you turn in your report, they're done. They don't have to try and communicate uh, all this other wonderful stuff with the person. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. The people that you see on a regular basis. So out of your 100 and you said like 150. Close. uh, 111. My uh, partners have 130 right now. Okay. So over 100 people, 
how many of those 100 people are going to be contributing members of society? 5 to 8. So a good That's example. That's higher than I thought. That's higher than I thought to be honest with you. Well, there are guys that I have best success with guys that have done a long time in prison. They were receptive to the programming in there. They realized they fucked up, that, hey, this ain't the life. And they're they're doing decent. Now, I've had other guys that while they were on parole, they were the model parolee, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then on Facebook, I found last month, let me see, a female drove and stabbed her husband in the back. And then slow pursued back to her apartment. And she was one of my parolees that was released early because she did everything right. She went to college. She had a job, no drugs, nothing. So I was like, hey, pick her off. And then a year later, she decided, decided to stab her husband. Another one that was working for a construction company, was doing really well, all this other stuff. I just saw he got arrested for armed robbery. And he had a he had stable residence because that's a big thing. He had a job because that's another big crime well if they have a job you know they won't do stuff but he still went back and did this stuff so you can't change everybody's minds you can't save them all i i mean do you have like a really good success story off the top of your head you could tell us about um well right now i have one on my caseload that he was serving life he was able to uh imagine this if you're serving life in california you're still may be eligible for parole That's uh, for for a double murder he appears to have turned his life around he's actually doing in prison uh, i can't think of the, the right word i'm going to say ministry uh trying to convince other gang members and stuff about how to change their life around because there's actually a thing called gangs anonymous which hey there's anonymous for everything except fish <laughs> uh, i would say he's doing really well he was a very young offender and got caught up in the gang and the drugs and got popped with the double murder back when you know murder you got sentenced to prison for life so i would say he's like my my best story that i have and he's out on the street yep and the funny thing was so he married a woman while he was in prison he gets out she gets on drugs and starts um, assaulting him and stuff, so he ended up having to get a protection order against her, file divorce against her. The business where he works at had to get her trespassed. She's already been in jail. I think she's on three times for violating the restraining order. It, it's just funny how the tables have turned, and she was a, for lack of a better word, normal person in society. Maybe I'm a dick, but... I can't get past a guy that killed two people out amongst us. I think that's wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm not wrong. That's fucking, that's insane, right? I mean, that is insane. I would concur, but that's my own personal view. Uh, you saw where the lady in the Bay Area that was dragged to death um, from guys oh, yes. to car and stuff. I've referenced that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually listened to your podcast, but what the family say, Oh, I hope they receive a light sentence. Cause that's what she would want. That is the way, whatever they're putting in the Kool-Aid out here. That is a, 
I wouldn't say the majority of the state, but enough to change laws, legislation, and stuff like that. So we're getting more lifers being released, um, compassionate elderly releases. <sighs> Shoot, you can be released for almost anything in, in California now. If you're going to commit a crime, I would highly recommend California. Yes, and on the California note, not all that move from California are douches and ruining the other states. I'm just throwing it out there. There's a lot of uh, California citizen hate going on. You ruined Colorado. Okay, so fuck off. You started it with the weed. I watched South Park. Colorado did the weed first. Integrity weed. Um, America. I thought this was America. Here's the problem. The people that got weed into California, into Colorado, which by the way, full disclosure, I give two shits less about weed. But those were not natives to Colorado. Those were fucking commie Californians. Came in, ruined my fucking state. How dare you, sir? Full disclosure, weed is a gateway drug. A, B, I think the cartels had a lot to do with it for Colorado. I don't know about that. You know, the uh, that's an interesting conversation that I would like to explore more if I wasn't losing my voice, but we're going to go with it a little bit. And I, I don't remember if it was on this podcast, but I remember having this conversation recently. It is a gateway drug. I agree. But not everyone that smokes weed uses that as a gateway. They just smoke weed. You know what I'm saying? Like I would say, my humble opinion, 90, 95, they just smoke weed. That's (laughs) that other 5 to 10%. What do you think? So... We're talking about today's weed, not the 1980s and 70s Cheech and Chong, where you just got hungry and wanted to sit there and stare start, start off into you know a wall. Um, today's weed, I, I don't see it being like culturally a big thing in rap videos, etc. anymore. But a lot of people that I've experienced use it to quote unquote get away. And when I ask some of my clients because out here they're putting uh, fentanyl and methamphetamine on the weed. So they're trying to get the hit from all three drugs at once. Um, They say that is a way to escape whatever problem they're dealing with at time. So I don't know if that would go back to mental health or substance use issue. Um, If you can't deal with stupid life problems, Oh no, you got to pick your kid up. Oh, you don't want to pick your kid up. Well, here, smoke some fentanyl. Um, <laughs> you're but laughing. Do people not? Truth oh, I know it's true. That's why I'm laughing. It's like the Doctor Hibbert laugh. Like you're laughing because you laugh. Um, okay. But people do the same thing with alcohol. Do they not? This is true, but al- alcohol. So if we're talking drugs overall has unless consumed in it, lots of quantities or you have really uh, easily damageable brain has less lingering extreme side effects I would say than somebody who wants to because I had 
I've had some probably say that they recreationally use meth or because they can't get prescribed Adderall for their, in their words, ADHD, they use meth to treat their own Adderall. So they're a self-doctor and self-pharmacist. Um, Drug school. <laughs> pretty much. Yes. Well, well, meth's different, but I would I would say like the the potential issues you're going to run into with weed and alcohol are different. But ultimately, I mean, how many I can tell you right now how many people I've watched kill themselves, not like drunk driving, but alcoholism. It fucking kills people. It ruins their bodies. Weed, if they smoke it, potentially could damage their lungs and their brain and stuff. But I would argue a hardcore alcoholic would go faster than somebody that regularly smokes weed. I don't know, though. I'm not a doctor. You could be. I mean, send enough cereal box stops. (laughs) I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. I'll tell you, with all my parolees, at least that I'm aware of, um, it's more substance use disorders that I have to deal with than alcohol. Oh, in California, being California, if you're on parole, even though your parole conditions say obey federal laws where marijuana is illegal federally, we don't specifically test for it, nor do we give you a violation for it. Well, and that was something I was going to ask is out of your hundred some guys, how many is substance issues an issue with all of them? I'd say 99%. That's why I said, if you want to solve the world's problems, Get rid of drugs and politicians and see how the world turns out. Drugs are bad. You know, ironically, every time when I meet a parolee that just got released, I tell them that. And then the first time they fuck up, I'm like, do you think I was lying? Did you not watch South Park? Mr. Mackey was telling the truth. Yeah, but then he got hooked on him. (laughs) I leave that part out. Okay. Yeah, and his head got all big and everything. That's what she said. Yeah. Drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. If you do them, you're bad. Because drugs are bad. Okay? It's a bad... All right. So do you think if he was into fishing, he would do drugs? Oh, boy. Do you think his favorite band was Fish? Real Big Fish? Oh. That was not a real big fish. I saw go in that woman's vagina. It was a poor fish. If you have a midget hold it, anything's big. All right. On that note. <laughs> I think, unless I haven't asked everything I should have asked, we're going to move on to my dumb questions. Is there anything about parole that you want the millions of listeners to know about that I didn't ask about? Don't hate the agent. We're restricted by laws just like regular um, police officers and sheriffs, we try and do our best with what we got. Give your balls a tug, you Ted fucker. On that note, are you ready for my dumb questions? Oh, I'm here for your pleasure, sir. That's weird. 
I was going to ask if you would do it all over again, and I'm going to ask that. But before I ask that, would you recommend a career in parole to the young kids out there? If you have a good, structured family life where you can leave the shit at the office and fuck it and say fuck it until your next shift, it pays well. If you tend to think that you can try and change people and you, you make that a goal, no, highly not. There's way too much liability. They want you, like I said, change people's minds of people that don't want their minds changed. What about the prison system? Would you recommend that job? Highly no. Uh, I went there... I wouldn't say a young age. How old was I? 24. And coming from a country town, you know, the worst thing I saw is a deer getting hit by a car. Uh, I was not ready for some of the stuff I saw. I, yeah, you, you learn hard, you learn quick, or you're going to be a, a victim in there um, as just as staff. You know, that's why not just police officers sit with their back against the wall. Same thing in the prison. We have power outages in the prison. What do you do? You get your back against the wall in a corner so you, you know you can see out. It really does change the way you're thinking. So if you could go back in time, do you think you would choose a different career path or would you do the same thing? Considering that it's allowed me to have my life that I have now and um, allowed me to meet my wife and thus far she's been great um, I, w- I wouldn't change it just for that fact uh, I would try and alter it and have a backup plan don't just get a degree in criminal justice have backup plan so when the job does get too shitty um, do you have an exit strategy now just for clarity your wife was not an inmate right Correct. She did work at a prison. Okay. Because you did say you met her and because of that, I was like, oh, oh, this took a dark turn. No, no, no. She was was not inmate. She worked at a total separate at a federal prison. Okay. Okay. And they're worse than us. So want me to give you a quick uh, schooling on federal prison? Yeah, let's hear it. So their inmates will drive their paroling inmates across state lines to bus stations for them to take buses their inmates are allowed to drive without supervision besides that the trash truck into town to our local dump obviously to dump the trash their inmates get a lot more freedoms and stuff than the state inmates. really yes that's surprising what's the point what is the point because it looks good on paper i was gonna ask you something but now i forgot poorly made maybe i'll remember oh do you back to the prison stuff, and maybe this applies for parole. I feel, and we've talked about this a little bit, but occasionally you have some people fall in love with with the people in prison. <laughs> have you seen that <laughs> more times than I care to count? Uh, Does it both- happen on the parole side too? Um, no, because you're around them 
average visits like five to ten minutes. So you don't really, I I haven't seen any since I've been out here. I've heard okay. of stories, but I haven't witnessed like I did in the prison. Do you have a good prison story? Uh, uh, do you want staff and inmate or staff on staff? Staff on inmate. Staff on staff is, I think that happens everywhere. Staff on inmate. But if you're filming your other staff in a stairwell and then the wife finds it, have you heard about that? Oh. That's staff on staff. I mean, that, that kind of sounds normal, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, there was no pineapple involved. I'll just go into the story real quick. The sergeant was uh, receiving a BJ in a stairwell in a building in the prison. He decided to film it. His wife found said uh, video on his phone and then turned it into the prison. Thus, the sergeant got fired and the other person that was giving the BJ got fired as well. Now, as for staff on inmate, uh, take your pick. Uh, teachers, nurses, cooks. Um, their usual thing was for teachers, obviously, the classroom. The cooks was where they stored, like, the flour and sugar. They would go in there. So that's why when staff or correctional officers were around there, they'd really have to be aware where people were and how long they'd been gone. And we'd always have to check on them. Um, just imagine that. Inmates are always trying to game and sucker people into getting doing favors for them um yeah uh the closets and the buildings heard about that as well we've had some staff members quit their job to go marry a inmate that was serving life because quote unquote he was going to overturn his life conviction and she had no qualms about it yeah tons of that stuff makes sense not all the prison is screwed up, though. There are good guys, good staff out there. But like with society, it's always the most craziest stories to get the, you know, make the news. Is prison food good? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> um, so if you're at a fire camp, you can actually get steak, lobster, and good stuff like that. Uh, inside, not so much. Um It'll make a turd, but it's definitely not something you're going to write home about. Now, if you classify as a certain type of religion, you get a special diet. So you get higher end food, name brand food, and not just whatever was left over in the refrigerator whipped together. But you could also buy stuff from the canteen. So pork links, um, ramen, uh, dried fish, um, lots of spices. Yes, I did. So, yeah, they have their own little store. They can buy whatever food they want. Let me ask Without... you this. Go ahead. What is the dumbest thing you did as a rookie? So the dumbest thing I did was not realizing that when there's an alarm in the prison, all depending on the alarm, staff are supposed to respond in case one of your partners get their ass kicked, that you're supposed to respond safely. So me and my partner cut through a gym full of inmates. Um, when the alarm goes on, inmates are supposed to get down. I was literally jumping over the inmates instead of taking the safe way to get to my to where the alarm was. So if one of those inmates just wanted to reach up and grab my foot while I was jumping over them, 
I probably would have been knocked out cold on the floor. I would say that was my dumbest thing. As a rookie, uh, I was pranked by another coworker into calling the warden a couple times because the warden has several different phone numbers. A yeah. couple times. That begins to be on you at one point. It does. However, if it's a different number, and so like I was telling you, the person you get held be like, hey, the watch office is calling calling you, call them back, here's their number. You know, if you're new and you don't know all the phone numbers, call them back. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that, though. If I would have done it more than that, um, once I got seasoned, I did send key, uh, youngsters looking for dehydrated water. Uh, I got a few on that one. Do you have a good dead guy story? Well, did you have any other prison ones besides the uh, the seagulls? Uh, just the guy that was hogtied and uh, strangled from behind. Uh, his cellie was only able to tie his two feet and his left hand behind his back, so he was getting strangled by his, his cellie cellmate with, while he was trying to fight him off with his right hand, and he failed. That's not he was, a good day. No, he he was a youngster. What is something you wish you knew as a young man that you know now? Some people don't need to be saved. Don't be afraid to try a different place. So there's quite a few prisons in California. Don't just stick to one if it's not prudent to your your mental health, etc. Try a different prison. Don't get tied down to one until you find one that fits, you know, your schedule that cares about the staff is the best way I can describe it. What's the proudest moment of your career? So I've got one in the prison and one outside of prison. Inside of prison, we had a riot. Um, There is 40, they're, they're called Southern, Southern Mexicans coming against us. Me and my partners, there was only six of us, kept them from busting through our line to like get on the patio and create hell and havoc. Uh, got an award for that. And outside of the prison, just a month and a half ago, coming back from one of my extended runs uh, on an icy mountain highway, a guy decided to drift his truck off and into a tree. So I was able to stabilize him, keep him alive and warm until the medics got there about 30 minutes later, um, just from training that I've had outside of the the prison system. So I, I thought that was pretty good because if I wasn't there, who knows what would have happened if you'd have been discovered. Yeah, I think some of those accidents out in the uh, rural areas of the country, maybe, you know, maybe some of those people would make it if people found them, but you know, these roads where people aren't on them very often. You crash, you can't call. Somebody might not find you for an hour, you know? Right. So I found him, and then I, after I made sure he was stabilized where he was, I had to drive two miles to get service to call the uh, state troopers to come back. And then, like, Holy even the shit. state troopers had, once they got on the scene, they did what they had to. They had to drive a little bit because it's in a really mountainous area. Just to hit a repeater with a radio. Holy shit. That's a mess. Yeah. And then they ended up uh, helicopter- helicoptering both patients. So it was, 
this is pretty fun. This is bloody. They survived, so that's good. That is good. Would you want your uh, kids to get in law enforcement? Not in California. Uh, red states where it's at, minus Texas, because too many Californians are going there. Um, pretty much any other one, stay out of the metropolitan areas, then yes, you can actually make a difference. Uh, you could help somebody find their lost dog cat, or you could save their life You know, from domestic violence, something like that. California. Here's a ticket. Or here, we're going to arrest you. You get out. Do you have any ghost or paranormal stories? Or extraterrestrial? So the area that I work, um, there's a large mountain nearby that is said to have people that live in it. And there are some weird shaped clouds that appear above it occasionally. I don't necessarily believe in the people that live in it. They're called Lemurians. But if you follow the story, they're they're fighting with another inside mountain people in another mountain. And that when there's earthquakes, that's what is causing the earthquake is when those the two intermountain species or people are fighting. So that that how have I never heard that before? Oh, you can look up Lemurians. It's it's hilarious. There's a lot of stuff out here. Uh, the lake uh, in my county where I live is said to hook up to Lake Tahoe. And then there's an underground base there, supposedly, that goes out into the Pacific Ocean. And that's why there's a bunch of UFO sightings on the coast. I don't know if you have a good answer for this, but I'm going to ask anyway. What's the best patrol car of all time? So before I went to corrections, I actually got to ride in the Crown Vic. Um, I will say it was great on testing counter steering in a snowmobile park. I didn't feel it went as fast as my personal car. Uh, right now I'm stuck with a, a hybrid uh Police exploder, which I freaking hate. God. No, <laughs> uh, please, no, 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 no. Uh, just from my experiences, though, I would say the Crown Vic. We did have one at the prison that we were able to check out to uh, do perimeter checks. It did have the good get up and go, and that thing had like two hundred thousand miles on it, so it was still running. Now, let's be honest, no one cares about anything you've done or anything we've talked about, including the fish. Have you ever shit your pants? Yes. Do you have a story for the millions? I've got two stories. You can keep this in or out. One is shitting your pants. One is waffle stomping to keep from shitting your pants. Oh, we got to hear them both. So the shitting the pants, because I'm behind the wheel up to 12 hours a day, driving a shit ton through the mountains. Uh, I get about five miles from my apartment, and I trusted to fart a little too much. It felt squishy. So I'm squeezing my cheeks as hard as I can to where nothing is going to get out or in. Um, I'm doing the wonderful squishy walk into the bathroom. I sit down, had a huge blowout. And I looked down, and yeah, my underwear was definitely brown. 
So wasn't a proud day. And as for the waffle stomping, was at a off-road riding park. They had hot showers, gone riding that day, probably had some undercooked barbecue food. Uh, in the shower, something hit me. Uh, the bathrooms were, the toilets were on the total opposite side of this bathroom complex, and there was no way I was going to make it. Uh, something may have slipped out, and obviously you don't take toilet paper in the shower, and I sure wasn't going to kick it out onto the ground, so ended up having to waffle stomp that through the, the shower drain. That's, um, I've never had to do that. That, that may be a first here on the podcast is the old waffle stomp. That's a real thing. And then I was, you know, now it is now it's a real, real thing (laughs) because I've heard a firsthand story of that. So I was kind enough after I got cleaned up and cleaned up the floor. So the bathroom attendant, the, the park ranger would, or the, park maintenance guy would have to deal with it. I went back in and with a stick made sure that it got fully waffle stomped through so there was no evidence. Only I and now the millions of people of your podcast know this. On that note, Mr. Waffle Stomp, do you have any words? Fish Stomp. Do you have any (laughs) words of wisdom for the millions of listeners out there? Always have a backup plan. Not everybody can be saved. Some people aren't worth saving. And drugs are bad. Uh, drugs are bad, okay? Well said, man. Drugs are bad, okay? I appreciate your time this evening. Besides the 20 minutes you took from my life. Because you don't know how to use the internet. But that's okay. I forgive you. And I want you to know that I forgive you for that, but I do not forgive you for the fish video. I will never forgive you. I'm sure there's other ones you could see. No. Please, God, no. (laughs) No, God! No! That was my reaction watching the fish video. That should have been her reaction. That should be everyone's reaction. Well, if you guys have stuck it through this podcast, you guys know what to do. Take care of the fine sponsors of this podcast. Donate a few dollars to the dungeon so I don't have to watch fish videos. And, oh my God, I can't make it. <coughs> going to do it. I'm going to make it. And remember to buy some nice merch. With that said, remember, sometimes... When somebody sends you a video, just don't push play. Because you might watch a lady molest a fish. And it might scar you. (laughs) I love most of you. Bye-bye.